So this tax code is already a complicated monster. All 6,871 pages of the tax code makes it easy to miss or overlook things. And just to be honest, people make mistakes, right? And like it or not, that can lead to the IRS pulling the audit card on you. With this newly minted Inflation Reduction Act, as well as that 1099K new law that's coming out for digital payments, well, that's going to lead to more audits. I want you to be prepared to face the possibility of an audit. And because I want you to be prepared, whether you use my services or not, today I'd like to take a look at the tax reporting flags the IRS looks for and how you can learn your rights if you go through an audit. I'm Deltrice Hart Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. And welcome to this episode of Tax Problem Solved, Audit Flags and Your Rights. When it comes to dealing with the IRS, the one thing that across the board people fear the most is that A word. And it's almost like a four letter word to some people, except it's five letters. And that word is audit. So having the IRS kind of snoop around in your finances, getting all in your financial business, that makes people very uncomfortable. And look at it this way. You're one little person up against the big bad monster known as the IRS. But at the end of the day, this big bad monster is really not trying to cheat you or waste their time conducting unnecessary exams. They're just trying to get to the quote unquote true story. They're trying to make sure that you paid the taxes that were due the IRS, or at least that's what they're saying, right? (laughs) So if you do decide to take a closer look when you are, if you are ever audited, Just know that there are laws that give you the rights and limits the IRS's powers when it comes to running audits, okay? So before diving into that, I want to quickly review with you things that may get you flagged for an audit in the first place. So most everyone knows that the IRS's audits can sometimes just be the luck of the draw, right? But if you know what the IRS is looking for, then you'll be one step ahead of the game if your number actually comes up. So IRS doesn't just conduct random audits per se, especially not the ones that are true audits where someone, a physical, a real life person is coming to your home or coming to your business or sending you a letter, not just a generic letter from a service center, but a letter that's typically um, signed and dated by someone in a local IRS office near you. That's the type of audit that I'm talking about. So 
when we talk about those types of audits, there are specific situations that will trigger the red flag waving over your taxes. So some of those things will include making more income. I know that sounds crazy, but if you, if your income jumps 50, 60, 70, $100,000 or half a million dollars, that's an audit trigger. So that's going to be one of those flags, if you will. If you are writing off suspiciously large amounts of expenses or deductions compared to what money you're bringing in compared to your earnings or your income, well, that's going to be an audit trigger. Now, here's the thing. You may have been generous a year or two for whatever reason. You may not needed, you may not have needed to live off of all of the money that you actually earned or received within a year and you just wanted to bless somebody. But nonetheless, that could be an audit trigger, okay? Now, if you, another audit trigger or a flag could be if you did not report income. So if there is taxable income or if there's income that is potentially taxable, the IRS is going to know about it for the most part. And the reason they're going to know about it is because wherever you receive that money from typically has an obligation to report that money to the IRS. So the IRS gets a copy of whatever form that income was reported on, and then you'll get a copy, okay? Sometimes things get crossed in the mail or, or some people think that they are not supposed to report certain incomes, so they don't report it, but the IRS knows about it. Now, that's an audit trigger, so that is a flag, okay? Another flag is the home and auto deductions. So the home office and those auto deductions, you wanna make sure that you have documented everything. Even though you might be eligible to deduct certain things from your home office and from your vehicle, it's not, the IRS doesn't consider you being able to deduct it unless you have some proof, okay? No proof, no deduction in the eyes of the IRS. Another flag is running a business or conducting a side hustle, okay? And just newsflash for 2023, if you take, if you accept credit cards or debit cards, if you have people to swipe, cards, so those merchant services accounts, then there are rules. If you receive a 1099K, there are rules that are coming up in 2023 that you want to be aware of. So get into practice now because that is a red flag now, but it's also going to be more of a red flag or an audit trigger in 2023. Okay, so these are the more common triggers, but obviously there are more because the IRS sends out people to do 
audits all of the time. So hopefully I've given you a little taste of the types of red flags that could come your way. And again, those are more common ones, but it could be any audit trigger, to be perfectly honest. You, you just never know when it comes to the IRS. But now we need to talk about your rights. What happens if you do get an audit? So for starters, I want to talk about your new best friend and it is called the Taxpayer Bill of Rights. I like to refer to the Bill of Rights as the Ten Commandments for Taxpayers because it is a bill that guarantees 10 specific rights for you when you're dealing with the IRS, okay? Now, I will not bore you and go through all 10 of them on this particular episode, but I do want to talk about the ones that are relevant when it comes to the audit process. The first and foremost one that I want to talk about, the first right, is the right to be informed. This means that the IRS is obligated to explain to you from top to bottom, from the exam or the audit, all the way through the collection process, everything they have to explain the process in its entirety okay now when you get a letter when you get that first letter from the irs it should have a little pamphlet in it that talks about the taxpayer's bill of rights okay they can't get away with not having that that's the law another right is the right to finality so the irs has to communicate with you how much time you have to challenge whatever position, whatever they're saying you owe or what they're saying you didn't do. You have the right to challenge their position and they have to let you know, they have to communicate with you how much time you have to challenge their position. How much time they get to audit a particular tax year or how much time they have to collect on any particular tax debt. And they also have to let you know what the outcome is when they have completed an audit. All of this stuff has to be timely communicated with you, okay? So the IRS can generally only audit your tax return once for any given year, okay? Now, just a caveat. If the IRS feels there's some fraudulent activity going on with you and they've examined a previous tax return and, and that case is closed, that year is closed, if they suspect fraudulent activity, they can reopen that particular year, but that's that's gonna be a rarity. And most of my listeners, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go out on the limb and say, my listeners are not committing any fraudulent activity. So this wouldn't even apply to you. So I'm gonna move on, okay? Now, keep in mind before you or before the IRS can finalize your audit, they're also required by law to notify you of your rights again, to dispute whatever the final their final word is, okay? This is sent in a letter called a Notice of Deficiency. 
again, it's going to give you that notice is going to give you important legal rights, okay? There's gonna be an option for you to take that audit if you disagree with what the IRS has, um, what if you disagree with the IRS's final answer, then you have the option to take the audit to tax court and have an independent judge review that audit. You can choose to either file this petition in the US tax court or you can request a conference with the IRS manager, okay? And I can tell you right now, tax court is expensive, not only for you as a taxpayer, but for the IRS as well. So the IRS is going to try to settle things way before it gets to tax court. So they're gonna be happy for you to talk with an IRS manager versus actually filing that tax court petition. Okay, and lastly, just in case you were wondering, the Taxpayer Bill of Rights also protects your right to retain representation. Okay, this means you have the right to not go it alone. You're going to make sure that you have someone that's trustworthy, credentialed, experienced representing you. Okay. And that's something that you should always seriously consider. Always exercise your right to representation. The reason why is because if you get a licensed, trustworthy, experienced professional that can help you, even if you just want them to navigate the a little bit of the waters. Maybe you are second guessing yourself. Maybe you can't get the IRS on the phone. Maybe you just need a little bit of a consultation just to make sure you're on the right track. Make sure and get that. So retain representation so that your case, whatever it looks like, can go smoother. I always preach licensed. I know you've heard me say it before, but there are only three types of individuals that can represent you before the Internal Revenue Service. Enrolled agents, also known as EAs, such as myself, CPAs, and attorneys. That's it. And make sure, don't just because they have the name doesn't mean, or the title, that doesn't mean that they have the experience, okay? So, Make sure you get an experienced, trustworthy, licensed person to represent you so that you don't have to deal with the IRS by yourself. So guys, that's all I have for you today. Hopefully there was something that I said that can help you if you find yourself in an audit or any other type of tax trouble. Now, as someone who speaks fluent tax ease, I am more than happy to step in on your behalf because I really consider it a duty to keep the IRS out of your pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts. So if you feel that I can be of any assistance, please reach out to me at www.callthetaxpro.com. That's www.callthetaxpro.com. 
taxpro.com. Again, I'm Deltree Card Anderson, keeping the IRS out of the pocketbooks, wallets, and bank accounts of taxpayers. Till next time, bye y'all.